0: Get ready! Hello! And welcome to College Talk. I'm your host, Beth Brandon. And we're still talking about FAFSA. I do apologize. I took a bit of a break um, planning a wedding and it was a busy time of the school year and... I chose to take a bit of a break. Um, Originally, it started because of a migraine, and then I just kind of went from there. But we are feeling a little bit better. Um, I'm working on trying to get a couple really cool interviews going. So there is going to be probably another break after this, uh, but I'm hoping to get back into the swing of things in April. I did want to just make sure that I got this out because... um, I don't know if you saw from the Michigan State of Treasury, but the priority deadline for FAFSA has changed. Usually it's March 1st, and like, we're past that, but now it's May 1st. Um, And so, if you're thinking that you want to apply for the Michigan Competitive Scholarship or some other stuff, make sure you get your FAFSA in and make sure you do that before May 1st. Okay. So, a couple other announcements. As always, if you have questions, comments, concerns, exciting things to share that you want to have celebrated if you want to connect and talk about something on the show, you can always email podcastcollegetalk at gmail.com. And if you want to get some free resources for you or a friend or a student or a child or whoever, uh, you can always go to podcastcollegetalk.weebly.com. And you can get yourself some free resources right there on that website. Um, We've got for juniors, for seniors in high school, and for college students as well. So uh, today, we're sticking with the FAFSA. This is probably going to be our last FAFSA episode, and I'm going to talk about a couple really important things. Uh, The first one is the IRS data retrieval tool. Now, there is... um, kind of a built-in myth where, right, the government is trying to take all my information and and figure stuff out. And I mean, in some ways that's true, but not really in the way that we're thinking about when we think that way. So we're going to talk about the IRS data retrieval tool, also called the IRS DRT, and we're also going to talk about a thing called FAFSA verification. Um, Now, I would like to just, before I jump into this, say... um, We're coming up into like April, May, June, the season of award letters. And I do have a really great episode um, on award letters previously. I think it's in like, it might be like in the first 10 episodes that we've ever done on the podcast. So um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I highly recommend it. There's also some stuff on scholarships um, and more stuff on FAFSA. But let's jump into this IRS DRT situation, shall we? So the IRS Data Retrieval Tool, and IRS, yes, like the tax IRS folks. Um, So that's also called, like I said, the IRS DRT. Six letters of pure confusion, right? So let's break it down just a little bit. So um, as simple as I can make it, the IRS Data Retrieval Tool is basically an electronic path to transfer your tax return information to a FAFSA form. It, it takes the information that the IRS or the government already has and puts it into the uh, FAFSA created by the federal uh, student aid, which is also the government, um, the FAFSA form. And then it helps calculate how much and what kinds of aid a student can get for college. So basically, it's um, it's a way to let the government communicate with the government, um, which is something that they have, up until the, the IRS data retrieval tool was, um, I guess, unveiled or put in place, something that you, the filler of the FAFSA, had to do as the middleman or middlewoman or middle person. So uh of course, not everyone is going to be eligible to use the IRS data retrieval tool, um, right? It's always, there's some 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 stipulations somewhere, right? So um, if you or a parent uh, filed as married, filing separately, if you are married uh, or your parent is married and filed as head of household, um, or if you filed a Puerto Rican tax return or foreign tax return or um, an here we go, an IRS form W40NR, so that's W40NR, you won't be eligible to use the IRS data retrieval tool. Now, you can still enter in your tax information. You're just going to have to do it uh, manually, which is kind of a bummer, Um, especially if you keep listening. Um, But you can still do your FAFSA with those things. So uh, if none of those things apply to you, or your parent, then, uh, or the person who is filing as parent, then you can use the IRS data retrieval tool. And you probably should. And Here's a couple of reasons why. A, it's the easiest way. And it's much faster, like much faster. I mean, you're going to take maybe 20, 30 minutes off of doing your FAFSA here, which is great. Always. <laughs> um, B, It doesn't show the numbers of income on the computer screen. So usually when you're typing stuff in from your tax return, what's going to happen is those numbers are going to be displayed on the screen. But when you use the IRS data retrieval tool, all it says is, um, like pulled from IRS or pulled from tax return or whatever. And so it doesn't show any of your personal, uh, financial information, uh, C (laughs) we've got four reasons here. See, it's the best way to get accuracy. Um, no worries if you got that number from the right spot. If you know, because they're asking you like five different questions, and they give you weird instructions to find what amount you're supposed to put in from where. So there's no more worries about that. Was it line 12A, 12B, 12C, 12D, or 12G? It doesn't matter because the IRS retrieval data retrieval tool is going to know that for you. It's going to pull that information and stick it in there. So you don't have to spend like 40 minutes pulling your hair out and looking through your tax returns. And then D, this one might be my personal favorite. If you get selected for verification, and we are going to talk about that, like I said, at the top of the show, uh, we are going to talk about that. So don't worry, just give me a second. If you get selected for verification, you don't need to submit a copy of yours or your parents' tax return, which is frankly a pain in the ass to get. Um, (laughs) If a student isn't going to use the IRS data retrieval tool and they, uh, they you know, are filing as an independent or have some sort of an interesting circumstance or, um, you know, maybe their parent is unemployed and on disability or something like that, I always recommend if they're not using the IRS data retrieval tool to right then order a copy of your tra- tax tax. Tax transcripts because you're probably going to have to submit it. So my biggest tip, you know, that I can give is have your tax return with you, even if you are going to use the IRS Data Retrieval Tool. Um, you'll probably need to enter, well, not probably. In order to get the IRS Data Retrieval Tool to work, you have to enter the address that you filed from, like word for word, letter for letter, exactly as it is on there. So you can't put like A V E period instead of Avenue, it won't take it. So if you put like 33021 North Road, AVE period and what's on your tax return is 33021 North Road Avenue spelled out A V E N U E it won't it'll like fire back as like a nope that's not going to work an error kind of a thing so make sure that you have your tax return with you so you can put it in letter for letter um verification okay so what is it <laughs> What is this verification thing, Beth? Basically, it's another one of those things that sounds super terrifying um, until you learn more about it and you kind of go through it. Essentially, you're just confirming the accuracy of the information that you put on your FAFSA, which stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid Form. Um, it's it's annoying. I'll be, like, f- fully honest with you. Um, less basic kind of a deep dive into what it is. Each year colleges will need to select a certain percentage of FAFSA's to verify. So that selection is usually done in three ways um and I'm using air quotes here uh and a Brookings article will help me explain why. Um the first is if there could be potential errors insert eye roll <laughs> uh, for any student who is independent, like I mentioned before, or has a parent with a unique employment status. Um, so it's either selected if there could be a potential error, um, at random or, uh, through a school run selection. So, um, eye roll that you can't see. We'll go over that in just a second. Um, I have a fantastic article from, um, man from Brookings. Uh, and it's good. It's really good, but it's to learn about the actual thing is not good, but it's really good to learn about, but it is kind of a frustrating thing. So we'll get there in just a second, but essentially what's going to happen is, um, you'll get like an email or a letter and it's going to say, you've been selected for for verification. And it, and it comes from the institution. It doesn't come from like federal student aid from the government. So if you apply to, let's say you apply to, um, the Ohio state university, uh, um, Oklahoma state, I'm just going all across country here. Um, maybe you applied to Florida central and to, uh, Wisconsin university of Wisconsin. Madison specifically. Um, I don't know. So you apply to those schools and you get verified at a couple of them. You might not get verified at one, but you could get verified at other, especially depending on the way that they choose to do that verification. So just kind of keep an eye out for a letter or an email. And if you've listened to my previous episodes, I will tell you over and over and over again that you need to start checking your email on the daily. I know it's not fun necessarily, but once you start Uh, Communicating with a college, a lot of times legally, I mean like legally, colleges and universities will have to communicate with you through the uh, email that is created, that your student email, so the email specific to that college or university. So make sure that you are checking those emails like daily um, because verification can be super easy if you use the IRS data retrieval tool. Um, because essentially with that, you'll fill out a form and you sort of just check that you use the IRS DRT. Um, but if not, you have to send text transcripts. Sometimes you have to send proof of citizenship, which is annoying. Um, and just, you know, there's a bunch of stuff. So keep that in mind. Um, it makes sense. You know, I don't know that institutions like love doing this. It, it does. It is sort of a thing that is handed to them via like audits from the government. So, you know, it's it's just a whole wide circle of everyone is making sure that they are who they say they are, uh, but it's still frustrating. Um, so basically, the forms that you're going to need to complete, they're going to go to the institution that you're, uh, you've applied to. So if you've applied to multiple and are waiting on award letters to make a decision, you might have to do, like I said, a couple. Not necessarily for every school, but definitely a few. Um, and you might not have to do any, I never got verified myself, but I worked with a lot of students who did get verified. And like I said, mostly it's just annoying, but it is super doable. Um, usually you'll get it emailed or maybe mailed, or there'll be a link in an email that you can use to pull the forms. If you take them to like a counselor, they should be able to help. Um, or if you have a pre-college advisor in your institution, they should be able to help. So why the eye rolls and the air quotes and all that stuff? Um, yeah, so this is, like I said, this is from a an, uh, an article from the Brookings, um, the Brown Center Chalkboard. And uh, it is written by Alberto Guzman Alvarez and Lindsay C. Page. And it's from uh, June 2021. And I will put a link to this article in there. Um, it's got some great information both on what verification is and, um, why I had the eye roll. So, um, the educational department selects around 25% of all FAFSA filers for verification. Sometimes that percentage I think moves back and forth. So, um one thing that I love about this article is they point out like that rate is really high comparatively to the less than 2% of federal tax returns selected for audit annually. Um, And that's a direct quote from this article. 2% of federal tax returns selected for audit annually. So um, I'm just going to read this paragraph because it's so good. Um, The verification rate is nearly three times higher, 60% for the 34% of under-resourced students who qualify for federal-based or federal need-based Pell grants. Even more concerning is when the nearly 25% of Pell-eligible FAFSA filers flagged for verification failed to complete the process and therefore lose out on thousands of dollars in federal aid. So the reason I do the eye roll is that a lot of times, like I said, it's students who are filing as independent because, you know, maybe they've been in foster care or, uh, they were adopted or potentially they have a child. Right. And then on the flip side, if a parent has, an, an uncommon employment status, right. Maybe they're on disability or maybe, um, their, finan- or their employment status has changed over the last year because, you know, COVID and things have happened. And, you know, essentially now, and I love how this article words it, a student who has financial need is expected via the verification to, and they have this in quotes as well, display exceptional financial need. And um, it's just frustrating because it's just an extra step it's an extra roadblock for students. And so, um, that's why I recommend using the IRS data retrieval tool, because if you do get, you know, flagged for verification, you can, um, you can just select the IRS that you filled that you'd use the IRS DRT to fill it out. And that takes care of the the tax thing. Now there are other things, like I said, that could be verified. It could be family size. It could be, um, citizenship, you know, it, it, it you know, it could be that you have to verify that your parent or family member is actually unemployed. So there's a whole there's a whole bunch of other things, and, and it can be super frustrating. And you know, uh, it is also uh, kind of an, a burden to colleges and universities too. So it's just time consuming for everyone, for the student and the institution and the government. Um, so hopefully, you know, as the FAFSA starts utilizing more things like the IRS data retrieval tool where the government is sharing information between its offices. Um, Hopefully we'll start to see less of these roadblocks and more opportunities um, for students to easily get the aid that they deserve um, and that they need. And so, um, like I said, I'm going to put the link to that article in the show notes because it is a fantastic read. Um, If you are interested in the state of education and higher education, um, Brookings is amazing. Uh, Dr. Andre Perry is someone who I think is just so cool. Um, And I got to hear him speak earlier this year. Um, And he, you know, he is a a fellow with with Brookings and um, it's a really cool, institution and they've got some really great information and they do some really important research. So, uh, if you're thinking that you're interested in higher education, or if you want to do research on like equity or different social justice things, um, it's definitely a really great one to check out. Um, they've got the blog aspect kind of like this, like the, the, um, the Brown Center chalkboard, but they also have like press room, um, all sorts of things. So, uh, and it's not just, Education, there's climate, AI, global, international affairs, U.S. economy, and so much more. So, definitely give them a look. I'm not sponsored by them. I just think they have so much great information, and uh, you know, it's great for students, parents, faculty, advisors, teachers, etc. Just to check things out. Um, so, this is the last episode in the overall FAFSA series that we did. Um, Thank you for hanging out. Please let me know if you have any questions. Again, you can just email me at podcastcollegetalk uh, at gmail.com. And um, like I said, I am going to be working on trying to get a few interviews going. Um, These are definitely going to be more focused on like some of them are gonna be focused again on like getting into colleges. Um, what I'm really excited to do and something I'm really hoping that I can do. I had Jamie, uh, my friend Jamie on to talk about her experience transferring from a community college to, um, to a four year institution and what that was like. I'd like to have more interviews like that. Um, but I also want to look and learn a little bit more about, um, reconnect programs like in Michigan, where older students can go back to community college for, you know, tuition free and get an associate's degree. Um, and I just want to talk a little bit about what that process looks like. Um, maybe if you're a returning student or if you're a first time student, some of the skills, um, that you can take with you to those spaces to help make that transition a little bit easier. So those are some of the things to, I was going to say, look for down the pipeline, but honestly, to listen for down the pipeline and, um, you know, I was thinking over the past past couple weeks and especially today, um, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know how soon, uh, but I am realizing that, you know, with just audio and no transcript, um, there is a pretty, uh, and this is on me, there's a pretty big barrier to to students who um, are deaf or hard of hearing. And so um, I'm hoping maybe that I can kind of start to include a a YouTube component where there are uh, closed captions or subtitles, or uh, maybe I can work on hopefully getting some transcripts of some of these episodes. So um, if that's something that, you know, you're looking at the descriptions and you're like, wow, this would be good information for me, but I can't hear this or I can't, you know, I can't engage with this the way that I want to. Or if you know someone or have students or a family friend or you know, a child or whatever, let me know. I will do my best to get some resources your way, um, and I'm hoping that I can start to create some in the future. Um, so that's what I got going on. Um, I will probably start to slow down a little bit over the summer and take a bit of a break. I think that's what I'm going to start doing is take a break in the summer, jump back in in the fall, take a break around the winter, uh, around the holidays, and then jump back in in the spring, sticking with every other um we love transparency and uh yeah i mean that's really all i got for you right now but as always it has been both a a pleasure and a privilege to chat with you here on college talk